Welcome to Neuro Wellness. I'm Savannah. Here we will go on deep dives into all things mental health. Let's get started. Hello. In the last episode, which has been a bit since um, we've we've uh, conversed, dear listeners, um, <laughs> in my last episode, I talked about my experiences with bipolar disorder and anxiety and panic attacks, um, all of that mess, and I mentioned that in the future I wanted to talk about my physical health. Um, I have endometriosis and fibromyalgia. I have a maybe possible potential seizure disorder um, that I will be learning more about um, later in the week once I follow up with a neurologist, and um, on top of these things, I experienced um, something called a pulmonary embolism this this past March, and I wanted to, I want to get into these ailments of mine, um, because they do, they weigh on me, and that affects my mental health, and vice versa, my mental health, um, it seeps into my physical health, and there's just a lot going on here in this body of mine. (laughs) Um, so I'll, I'll start out with the endometriosis piece of all of this, because that's kind of where it all stems from, in a way. Uh, If you don't know what endometriosis is, it is a medical condition that causes intense pelvic pain and heavy bleeding for those with uteruses who have the condition. Um, It, in my experience, uh, is debilitating. Um, Not taking a form of birth control is not a realistic option for me. I can't function when the pain is as bad as it is and the bleeding is incessant. Um, it takes over my life and I, that will not do. (laughs) Uh, I've been on a lot of different birth control pills, um, ever since I was 14 years old, uh, which I started taking it for acne and then it ended up being like a cycle regulator, and then pregnancy prevention, and then um, after my son was born, I I didn't have a period for a while because of breastfeeding, but when it came back, it was worlds different than I had ever experienced before, and so heavy, so irregular, so, like, the, the length of, um, my periods were just outrageous, um, and when you have your first period or periods after, um, 
you give birth and if you are breastfeeding um it can it can like if you're breastfeeding for two years you might not have a period that entire time it depends on you but um for me I think it was about a year before mine came back um and you can expect it to be abnormal um for a bit but mine it was it didn't um even out it didn't find its balance and get back to how it was it just kept getting worse and worse I've had periods that have lasted almost 60 days of heavy heavy bleeding um I've had days where I can't get out of bed because the pain is so bad um I have had a day or several days actually where I am out of the house and um, far away from home and changes of clothes and I've bled through a super plus tampon and an overnight pad like I have both of those bleed through both bleed through my pants get new pants on from my gym bag in the car same thing happens 15 minutes later and again and I've had to go to a thrift store to get a few more pairs of pants um, in case I bleed through more and I do and it is it's just not realistic to be able to make that work especially when it lasts for so long um, so while I was having these these issues and it became kind of unbearable. I wasn't um, having sex after my son was born. Um, I was a single parent for the first three years of his life. Um, but I chatted with my doctor and we decided that getting on a pill would getting back on a different birth control pill would be something that is necessary to regulate my cycle and I've always had trouble with birth control pills I'm very sensitive to the hormones in them um, I always have side effects and I have to change them around a lot in order to find the right one and it is exhausting and it takes up a lot of my energy by dealing with the nausea and the headaches and the lightheadedness and everything else that comes with starting new medications but um, it's hard on my body to do that and but it is necessary so I I got on a new pill and it wasn't working for me and I tried a different one, I think I tried three, and then I ended up just scrapping it and calling it good, and this isn't working for me, and I don't feel good anyway, so I just quit them, and um, it was kind of the same situation. Uh, I just didn't have side effects from birth control pills, which was a relief, 
but I was still, my life was just being taken over. So I decided to make an appointment with this very random Google search um, OBGYN near my son's school at the time. And he went to school about two and a half hours west of where we live. Um, he has autism and the preschool program that I advocated for him to get transportation funded for, it worked out and I drove him for two and a half years. Um, it was a lot of driving and anyway, I spent my days down there and so I found I just made a random appointment, didn't know who I was going to see, but it was near the school, and so I showed up for my appointment. I wanted to talk to someone who knows a lot about birth control instead of just my primary care provider, because um, I needed to find something that would help me, and I walked in, and I met my doctor, and it was so amazing. She was amazing and is amazing. Um, she is like super styling and <laughs> cool glasses, cool haircut, super queer. Um, on her off days, she like, I don't, I don't even remember her title exactly, but she's like a LGBTQ like, inseminator, midwife, um, family planning, like, I don't know, but she's amazing, super cool, and she hooked me up, like, she sees so many people with endometriosis, which is what, um, I ended up getting diagnosed with, thanks to her and her, um, diligent care, but I started a pill called Taytula, and she was generous enough to give me three uh, sample packs of the Taytula pill, and I, I was taking it for those three months, and it stopped my periods. I was not in pain. It was amazing. And then it was time for my fourth pack, and she sent it into my pharmacy, and when I went to pick it up, I found out that there is no generic form of Taytula, and my doctor expected it to be like a $25 kind of situation, but it was almost $300, and that did not work for me. Um, and so, it was really scary to have to not take that um, because it had been working so well for me. But I, I talked to her. I went right over to the office and I waited until she could see me that day. And she, she did some uh, searching around and found a pill that had really similar um, like makeup to it and that one was called Loestrin 
and it worked well also. I was on it for about six months, but then um, it ended up turning against me, and it almost killed me. And I want to preface this with when I was 14 and I started birth control for the first time, I it was Biaz, that was the name of the pill, and four days into taking it, my eyes swelled up, and my mouth swelled, and one side of my face got super puffy and swollen, and I was at school when that happened, and I went to the ER, and they diagnosed me with something called Bell's palsy, and they expected my face to stay that way, um, and then it ended up, after I went down, or I went home, it ended up going down, the swelling was gone, um, and all was well, and then I, it came time for bed, and I took, um, my Biaz pill, and it swelled right back up, and my throat almost shut, but I got to the ER in time, and, uh, I had an EpiPen stuck into me, and I quit that pill, obviously, but anyway, yeah, I'm very sensitive. I'm sensitive to medications in general. Um, I have a lot of medication allergies, and yeah, so back to the more recent events, um, low estrin. I'm taking it, taking it for about six months. Everything is going swimmingly. I am not having any periods. I'm not having any pain. I'm not bleeding through my clothes. I don't have to think about pain or missing work or anything like that. Uh, everything's going great. I'm so happy about it. And then end of March of this year, 2019, I wake up in the middle of the night because I, my body felt uncomfortable. Um, I felt kind of nauseous and clammy and, um, a little shaky and off balance, lightheaded. Um, my heart was racing and then I sat up just feeling really off and, my chest started hurting, and um, it felt kind of, my, my breathing felt shallow, like it was, I was making an effort, excuse me, an effort to breathe, and I live 45 minutes away from the nearest hospital, um, and I, I felt like I was maybe, I don't know, I just... I didn't think it was anything serious. I just, I felt weird. I figured it was maybe some kind of weird panic attack that came out of nowhere, which I wouldn't put it past me to have that severe of a panic attack, but something in me just felt like that was not the case. So I had my fiance take me to the hospital and I was initially dismissed by the 
the doctor that I saw. His name was Dr. Einstein, just to call him out. <laughs> um, easy to remember name, but he didn't really look into anything. And he told me I was having a panic attack, and he gave me four out of van. And then I was just super high while having the same effects or the same symptoms. Um, and I, I felt worried that something was wrong and they were trying to discharge me and send me home. Um, but I managed to speak up for myself and advocate for myself and my health. And I asked for them to do like a blood test or some sort of something like something was wrong I could just I could tell and so they seemed annoyed but they ended up doing just running my blood panels and they noticed something called um it's like a, some kind of enzyme or protein or something to do with inflammation I don't know much about it but it's called um a d-dimer that was what it was called my d-dimer levels were really high, which is abnormal, um, and that can indicate uh, some kind of, like, clotting issue, and it doesn't, it can be a false positive, it doesn't always mean anything, but if you're having symptoms of a potential blood clot, your D-dimer levels will be a lot higher, usually, um, not always, but usually, and then it's confirmed with a CT scan if you have them or have a blood clot. So since my levels were high, they sent me for a CT scan, and they, they came back with my results, and I was told that I had multiple large blood clots in both of my lungs and they weren't sure where they had come from or but they could tell that they had traveled through my heart and luckily didn't stop there but also unluckily got caught in my the arteries of my lungs um and I was told how very very lucky I was to have survived and many people don't and that's really hard to unpack um I had severe severe anxiety for quite a while um after that event I had to start taking blood thinners to prevent further clotting. Um, there's not really anything you can do other than prevent further clotting. Um, Medication-wise, you have to let your body dissolve the clots on their own and hope and pray that they don't move or dislodge and move somewhere else if it were to travel or to end up in your heart, you will likely have a heart attack if it travels up to your brain. 
you, you're probably looking at a stroke. Um, blood clots are no joke. It's, it's terrifying, and I wish them upon no one. I had to be on blood thinners for six months, so at the end of September, I took my final pill, and that was such a relief because it was causing pretty significant, um, like, short-term memory loss, and a lot of fatigue, which I clearly have right now, <laughs> but it, what was the scariest bit beyond the thought of my potential demise, um, was the fact that uh, even the smallest paper cut could cause me to bleed out. It was really scary. I had to wear a bracelet that had my name and birthday and emergency contact information and that I had a pulmonary embolism, that I was on this specific blood thinner and if I were to be in a car accident or anything that would cause me to potentially bleed, um, that would help responders to know that stopping my bleeds are urgent. Um, but luckily, nothing ever happened with that. I didn't bleed out. I didn't. I managed to be very careful for six months and. It ended up working out, and so yeah, uh, end of September, I had a CT scan, and they were gone, and so I got to get off my blood thinners, and we ended up figuring out that I don't have any genetic predispositions to have a clotting disorder or have any reason um, to have experienced a pulmonary embolism, which confirmed what was initially the first thought. Um, low estrin, the birth control pill that I was on, it caused my blood clots. And if you are ever watching a birth control commercial, you will likely hear the super sped up talk at the end about this and that, and blood clots. <laughs> um, as a side effect, it's listed on the pamphlets. Uh, not something I've ever thought about. I've heard about blood clots being more of a risk factor if you are over the age of 35 and are a smoker and or, I guess, um, I'm not either of those things, so yeah, didn't really occur to me that it was possible. Um, so yeah, I was very unlucky, but also super lucky, and I mean, I was, I was told because of how many clots I had and how large they were and how far away from a hospital that I live, it was, I was really fortunate to have survived, and 
let me tell you, um, putting together a will at the age of 23 when you have a small child and a new fiancé and elaborate plans for the future um, really puts a lot into perspective and also terrified me that I would be leaving behind my life and especially my son who means everything to me and more and I'm just I'm really grateful that I was able to make it through that not many people are so yeah it's I'm I'm still very pro birth control I still have to use birth control for um, my periods right now I'm using Micronor or no sorry Marina the IUD before this I tried uh, Micronor I can never take estrogen again estrogen it was um, a pretty prevalent ingredient um, in low estrin and that's what is more likely to cause blood clots so I can only take or have um, progesterone only hormonal birth control the pill the micronorm mini pill it didn't do what I needed it to do so the next step up from that was the IUD and then from there if this didn't end up working then I would have to consider doing a uterine ablation um, which is pretty permanent and uh, felt like a lot of pressure so I definitely wanted to try the IUD first I never plan to get pregnant again because when you are pregnant your chances of clotting are higher excuse my dog's uh, stretching and flapping of ears <laughs> um, so after you've had a clot you're more likely to have a clot again and when you're pregnant like I said um, you're your blood is not quite as thin as typical, so I don't need to chance my life by having double the odds um, working against me. So yeah, um, no, no estrogen for me. I have this IUD that I'm kind of happy with. I've only had it in since August. But, um, still having some spotting. I'm dealing with acne. Um, but I'm not in as much pain. And the periods aren't as heavy or as long. Which is great. But, um, I, I do want to talk about, if you, if you are on a birth control that has 
um, estrogen, you are more likely to have a blood clot if you have cancer, if you um, are in the car for long periods of time, or do a lot of uh, plane rides, um, if you're on prolonged bed rest, if you smoke cigarettes, if you have um, a genetic predisposition, uh, like a clotting condition such as factor five laden, but there are many others, but that is the one I've heard of most. And just being on birth control in general, um, a, birth con a hormonal birth, birth control with estrogen, especially. Um, just know, like feeling clammy, uh, having a rapid heartbeat, feeling lightheaded, shortness of breath, chest pain, coughing up blood, low blood pressure, um, becoming unconscious, uh, unexplained back pain. These kinds of things are all the, it, they're really important to listen to your body, um, not second guess yourself, go with your gut, get seen. It... It is vital. Um, and I want to talk more about this, but I want to take a quick break. And we're back. So being aware of your body and listening to your symptoms, should you have them, knock on wood, I hope you never go through what I went through, but Taking action and honoring your body communicating with you, um, it's vital. A pulmonary embolism, which is what I'm talking about, it is an artery blockage in the lungs. A, it's called a PE for short. Uh, a PE usually begins as a DVT which stands for deep vein thrombosis, which is a blood clot that forms in the lung. Just kidding, I meant to say leg. <laughs> it can also be your arm, but it's typically your leg. And then it travels elsewhere in the body. Mine, it ended up in my lung, which is why it's called pulmonary embolism. And I want to talk about um, DVTs a little. Before it travels to another part of your body, for example, your lung or your heart or your brain, all of which can be fatal, you might notice um, a pain in your leg, especially on your calf or near, near the back of your knee. Those are common places for um, the clots to form. You might have pain there. Redness, swelling, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't experience this myself, but I know a lot of people do, and that can be, um, a good way to take action quick and get a treatment plan started before it travels elsewhere. So, these are, these are things I had never heard of. Um, prior to experiencing it myself, so I do want to talk about it because apparently a ton of people 
have had pulmonary um, emboli because of birth control. So I think that people should be more aware um, because, yeah, birth control is necessary. It's necessary for a lot of people. And if this is something that can happen and something that can kill you, essentially, um, we should know about it. And it's, it's in the fine print, yes, and it is our responsibility to educate ourselves on what we put onto our bodies, yes, but this is serious, and it, it gave me severe PTSD, especially with hospitals, and it is going to stay with me until the end of my life, and I will always carry a bit of fear with me at the thought of ever having to go through that again. So please, if you, um, if, if it's possible that you will have a blood clot at any point in your life, just take it seriously and take action and, and tell people about this possibility. I mean, I don't want to scare anyone into not using contraception, but just be aware. Be aware. Um, so yeah, I have endometriosis. I treated it with birth control. That led me to a pulmonary embolism, and now this is kind of a separate journey, but I also have fibromyalgia, it is an autoimmune disorder that affects muscles and soft tissues through body aches, uh, pins and needles, kind of numbness um, on the skin, joint pain, and general fatigue and other, uh, other symptoms of pain. Looks different for everyone, basically. Uh, it's often used as a kind of catch-all other diagnosis. Um, it is it is said to be overdiagnosed, but um, this is something I've dealt with off and on for many years. Mine, whenever I'm having a flare-up, it's it's typically really sensitive skin. So, for example. Um, a sweater might feel really painful against my skin. Um, rain falling onto my skin feels like little needles. Um, it's really painful. I've had a lot of joint pain. I've had joint stiffness, um, body aches, and I am now on a medication that has effectively gotten rid of that and I'm working on doing more yoga and I've gotten massage and cupping therapy and acupuncture and I've tried all sorts of things and I'm, I'm working on uh, getting into the autoimmune diet to try to reduce inflammation in my body 
to feel better, and that can also help with my endometriosis. Um, I mean, to a degree. I mean, my uterine lining, <laughs> my endometrial tissue, it is growing outside of my uterus. It is wrapped around my intestines and who knows where else, and you, you can't fix that, <laughs> but you can, you can reduce inflammation through food and, uh, and also this medication I'm taking, which is, it's amazing. I, I love natural medicine and doing minim minimally, minimally invasive practices, um, but I, I've become more and more thankful for Western medicine at certain points in my life, and especially with the incident in March, if I, if I didn't have blood thinners, I, I wouldn't have lived, and I think that's pretty incredible, and I feel lucky to have been born at a time like this. What a time to be alive. Uh, yeah, so I deal with, I deal with fibromyalgia. It's not constant. It comes and goes. It, I haven't really noticed specific triggers. I, I did have it triggered one time by eating sugary food after having eaten really clean for a while. Um, so I, it really affected my body in that instance. But other than that, like, there have been times where it comes out of nowhere and I, I can't track down what exactly the problem was. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I'm taking 900 milligrams of gabapentin every day to prevent that pain and I it's it's working so that's great <laughs> uh, and and now I will go into a little bit about something that I don't have a diagnosis for but anyway um, I might have some sort of seizure disorder this past week, I very randomly experienced my first seizure. I didn't really know what was going on. I suddenly, late at night, felt kind of similar to how I felt with the pulmonary embolism. Um, I felt clammy, and I ended up throwing up just a little, mostly dry heaving because I hadn't eaten much, um, just felt really off, and then I went back to bed, and, um, my arms started doing, like, these strange motor tics or, like, uh, just big movements that were involuntary, and, um, then my neck and head came into the, <laughs> joined the dance, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, 
yeah, so that lasted for about 30 minutes. My legs uh, kind of did that same jump, shake sort of thing. A few times I was just sitting up in bed. I was completely um, conscious and I could talk and I, I felt scared, but um, also didn't really know what was going on and kind of wondered, like, is this, is this also just a panic attack? But, like, it wasn't. I had a seizure and I, I will soon be seeing a neurologist, but in the meantime, I don't really know why that happened or what happened, but yeah, I've got a lot going on, and it all feeds into one another, and that's a lot of medications to remember, and I've felt shame surrounding medication for the better part of my life, and I, I feel grateful to have my own health in my hands and to have the power to do research and make choices for my body and figure out what's going on with my health and doing my very best to make things better. So moral of the story is I am a mess and I have a lot of physical health issues and I'm working on it, <laughs> and yeah, so mental health, just as important as physical health, but for me, both are a pretty big deal, and I will, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave you with this, so if, I'd love to hear questions, um, I'd love to hear your stories, I, I'd like to just chat. Feel free to reach out. Always open to talking about mental health and any of the things I discussed in today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good rest of your week. Bye, friends. Be sure and rate, review, and or subscribe to Neuro Wellness. You can follow us on Instagram at neuro.wellness. Should you have any questions or suggested conversation points, you can reach us at neurowellnesspodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend. Remember, you are enough. You matter. You are loved. Thank you for listening, friends. Until next time.